There's nothing to look forward to. Our lives are entirely meaningless. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Zulim Radio News. Niall, thank you so much for this joyful song. You're welcome. It always is what I sing first thing in the morning. It gets me up, it gets me ready for the yeah. day. When did you compose it? Uh, just now. Just now. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, thanks. So here we are with another week of amazing news and it has been a very cool week in Amsterdam, very cold. Yes, I think we're nearly at the point where the canals are going to freeze over and yeah. might see people ice skating. Yes, uh, Babette, which is in the Dutch news, went ice skating the other day and she fell through the ice. So She fell through the ice? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was it deep? <laughs> no, it was in Westerpark, so it's, you know, oh, like okay, a leg. Fine, uh, fine, like fine, fine, fine. Kind of. So she just had very cold shins. Yeah, exactly. Fine. But She'll still sh- very cold. Still know. very cold. I mean, yeah, look, yeah. Let, let's <laughs> let's not joke around here. Very cold shins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, today we have some uh, exciting news. We're talking about Clubhouse, Venezuela, and uh, um, some hot balloons that I still have to understand. Some hot balloons <laughs> indeed, yeah. A nice, uh, good conversation, I think, about climate change. And we speak a lot about the causes of climate change and the lack of action and how frustrating that is. So this is going to be a look at some of the uh, potential solutions. Yeah, sounds good. So first, we, I want to start with Clubhouse. Niall, have you ever used Clubhouse? I've never used it, but I've heard I've heard it's cool. And I was saying to you just before this, just when you think they've done everything with kind of a new premise for a social media platform, they surprise you. Yeah. And this is, this is I don't know enough. Why don't you explain how yeah. it works so first i wonder how do they come up with these ideas like i'm really confused on how they do it like it's is clever. their mind just superior or it might well be might, might i think be, yeah. i think like with all things it's about having a lot of people have good ideas but then you've got to have the willingness to do True. something with it and yeah. also you know the opportunity to do something with it yeah absolutely it's the right person had the right idea well yeah, it's basically this app that you download on your phone but it's only for iphone until now so no android allowed because it's a bit more complicated to develop apps for android for what i understood okay and uh, it's just like a podcast, but live, and you have like moderator, so the people that start this room where they chat and people that come and listen, and then uh, you can raise your hand and you can be in the people who speak, you know, you can be among them, but not a moderator, so you can make interventions, and it's wow. very interesting, yeah. So it's like um, conference calls. Yeah, kind of. Kind of, but you know, like Zoom conferences and anyone yeah. can join and... Okay, that's interesting. It's really interesting. But of course now, uh, apparently Mark Zuckerberg was in a room the other day and he said that he really liked it and that he wants to do it with Facebook too. He is such a vulture. Right? He really is. I mean, poor Instagram being the key example of what happened the last time Mark yeah. Zuckerberg saw something he liked. <laughs> and uh, that ended up with the original founders of Instagram leaving. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And WhatsApp too and a bunch of other apps as well. You know, it just takes everything. Yeah, he does. What's extraordinary, and I don't want to um, divert from where this story is going, but it is crazy how Facebook are allowed to monopolize everything. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. no other industry would you be allowed to consume your competitors yeah, or copy right? their work. Exactly. It's it's insane that we don't have any rules in place. It's so unregulated, stop. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 
the where we're heading unless we start regulating it is one bloke called Mark Zuckerberg having access to the data generated by pretty much everything we do online. And that's yeah. really freaky. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. But um, the startup today is going towards China. You know that China is the great firewall. That's how the Chinese yeah. censor- censorship is called. Yeah, yeah. Which is made of like a complicated system of, you know, uh, there are some words that are like prohibited, some pictures that are prohibited and so on. But uh, Clubhouse was allowed for, I don't know for how long it lasted, but yeah, for a couple of months, which is surprisingly long for China, you know, to have a nap such yeah. as this. But thousands of people used it uh, in these months and uh, they told these stories about like the Uyghur concentration camps, uh, Xinjiang and a bunch of other stuff like Tiananmen Square as well. And uh, yeah, it was very moving. Apparently there was, there were these rooms that lasted for 12 hours with like Uyghurs coming in and telling their stories. And uh, Uh, presumably Uyghurs living abroad, not in Xinjiang. Yeah, yeah, both abroad and some also in uh, Xinjiang. And there were like, people in China talking, you know, so it was very moving. I mean, of course, I didn't listen to it because it also was in Chinese. Sure. But, uh, yeah, there are some very cool stories online about it. And, of course, now it got taken down, you know. Yeah. But, okay, given that I know that their their great firewall in China is so good, if you want to use that word for it, but it's so effective that as soon as you type, for example, Tiananmen Square, it'll pick it up and it will censor what was just written, yeah. for example. So how can you have an app for two months where presumably a significant proportion of people are talking openly about the detention camps in Xinjiang, talking about all of these things that the Chinese government usually does everything it can to suppress? Yeah. How were how were they able to get away with it for I think, two, four months? I think it's just that it's spoken word and not written word. And that right. maybe they tried to kind of keep it down as much as possible so that the censors wouldn't pick up on this. Right. But eventually they did because it became too popular, you know. Yeah, it worries me. I don't know if this is too conspiratorial, but you, for example, is this, where where are the servers that the information that is on um, you know, these recordings have to be stored oh, somewhere. Yeah. The data has to be stored somewhere. Do we know where that is? Okay, so they say that nothing is recorded on Clubhouse. So okay. that's the key thing. But is it really not recorded? Don't know. I mean, for us, it's probably not recorded. But for them, for the app developers, they must be recorded. Otherwise, how can they check, you know, if things yeah, are Yeah, doing properly? quality control and reviewing yeah. the... Yeah, I don't know. But I do, I do worry how... Okay, so you've been on the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you sign? Do you have to sign in with your real name? Can you be anonymous? You can be anonymous, of okay. course. So definitely, the people that spoke were anonymous because no way you can talk so openly about something. Yeah, it's so such a dangerous hot topic. Yeah, because you know? that's the the conspiratorial yeah. part of me is like, well, exactly. what if the Chinese government were allowing it to exist exactly. just so that they could find out who was yeah. dissenting? Yeah, but I had a very interesting chat last night with this. A uh, girl who's Italian, but her parents are Chinese, so uh, she's of Chinese origin. They're from the southeast of China. And we were just talking about this clubhouse thing. And she was saying, yeah, I mean, everybody knows that there is censor- censorship in China, but that's part of the deal that the people have with the government. Like, yeah, we're giving up some of our freedom, but at the same time, you ensure us that we have a house, that we have a job, that we have food, that we're never going to be hungry, you know. Right. And it kind of worked because, I mean, how many millions, hundreds of millions of people have been lifted out of poverty in China since... Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the most years. remarkable economic story of the last hundred years. Right, yeah. 
Yeah. So it and is interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. And there is a fundamental difference. I mean, you the easiest way to break the or to look at the difference between Western and Eastern culture is Western individualism versus Eastern collectivism. Exactly. Absolutely. And yeah. we do bring this and individualism has all of these aspects of liberty and freedom and self-determination absolutely. and being able to do. And that's the standard that we do apply when yeah. we review the situation in places like China. Yeah. Um, so uh, that person is, it sends a really important reminder I think exactly. that like, you know, it's you can't always be judging someone based on your own perspective. That said, there are things that I think certainly if you take something like the um, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, mm-hmm. it's universal. It's in yeah. the UN, which is meant to be the kind of the um, the common meeting point for all nations, independent of their culture or whatever. That has very clear guidelines on the sort of things that China is doing in terms of detaining Uyghurs yeah, and trying to, quote-unquote, re-educate them. Yeah. Um, so I think there are universal standards by which we can still judge. Absolutely. And we should still look at anyone. I agree. But it is, it's, it's a reminder that, you know, we can sit here and talk about things as if we know about them, but you can never really know about something unless you've lived it. Yeah, I totally agree, completely. But let's move on to the next topic, uh, um, which is Venezuela. Oh uh, yeah. So from one communist country to another. Yeah. How are they doing? Um, not not so well. They're not exactly not, an economic success story. Yeah, exactly. Story. But uh, the latest news is that Colombia uh, granted a legal status to 1.7 million of Venezuelan migrants. Wow. Which is gigantic because so let's say that since the start of the crisis which was like 2014 around 5 million Venezuelan have left. Venezuela, right. Yeah, which is an immense amount of people, you yeah. know. Like Do in we Italy, we complain for 10,000 migrants a year, but that's millions insane. of people. And okay, year. wait, so what are the what are the populations of Venezuela and Colombia? Uh, so Venezuela, uh, I don't know at the moment, but Colombia is around 50 million. So okay. it's just uh, 1.7 million more. Kind which of. is kind of a lot, right? Yeah, in the context of an yeah, extra yeah. 2 million when you've only got 50. But Venezuela, I have no idea, so let me check because... Um, but I think it's so such decreasing number. Probably it's twenty eight million. Wow, and so, they've lost five million. Yeah. Well, is that twenty eight before or after the five million left? It's after. Right. Okay. Yeah. So wow. yeah, it was in two thousand nineteen twenty eight point five million. Wow. So how is how is Colombia able to absorb an extra two million people? So it who is super interesting. Must need food. Yeah. They need clothes. They need shelter. Yeah, it is a really interesting story because, I mean, of course, everybody knows that Venezuela is in a really bad situation right now because of the whole, uh, you know, the drop in oil prices in 2014. It was an economy built on that, so everything collapsed. And uh, the current inflation is around 3,000% inflation, which is, like, ridiculous. So their currency is essentially worthless. Yeah, it's like one Bolivar, it's, um, I don't know, one million, no, one thousand, one million dollar, no. No, no, it will be uh, one one dollar is going one, to be worth yeah, exactly, a million bolivars exactly, or whatever. Exactly, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not the other way around, sorry. But uh, so the president of Colombia, which is uh, Ivan Duque, right? Yes, Ivan Duque. Um, he decided to give this citizenship uh, for 10 years to okay. these um, citizens because the story is a bit complicated. So in the 90s, there was a gigantic war in Colombia, right? The one with FARC. 
yes. where millions of people were endangered. Yeah. And Venezuela accepted millions of migrants from Colombia really? without asking a lot of questions. They just uh, got them in, gave them welfare, gave them house. So this is kind of a way to pay back right. for Colombia. Right. So that's super nice. And that like, nice. I saw some pictures of the border that when you arrive, uh, uh, there is like a gigantic banner that says Colombia, Venezuela, united forever. So <laughs> that's it's so super, lovely. It's super lovely, yeah. And um, yeah, so and it's also a very good measure to ask for this uh, registration. So you register all these migrants because now they're all unregistered. So you can check on them. You can make sure where they are, their social status, where they live. Right now, they don't really know where they live. Right. So it could be a very good measure, you know, also to find jobs for them. Right. But clearly, Colombia has a lot of economic issues, you know. Yeah. It's not a rich country. Yeah. But and people might be a bit uh, angry as well. But yeah. there is a general solidarity feeling among Colombians. So that's super sweet. That is good. Uh, you hope that, I mean, what can begin as an an initial enthusiasm based on kind of this 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 humanity yeah. is really what it is. It's just a recognition that there are people in need and we're yeah. in a position to help them. And I don't want to come across as too pessimistic, yeah. uh, but it's that dynamic can change over time as it becomes oh, clear yeah. that, you know, um, you still have 1.7 million people and perhaps it becomes harder and harder to, su to support them. Yeah. It becomes more of a drain on the economy. People uh, start to get angry and frustrated and conflict can arise. Quite easily, yeah. So there, but I imagine, therefore, the Colombians must have a plan. You know, it's they say it's not surely they can't just be saying, yeah, OK, you know, based yeah. on this historical precedent and this relationship that we have and the commonality between us, we're going to give 10 years citizenship to 1.7 million people. The next question is, well, what then? Like, what do yeah. they do? Yeah, I guess they just first need to understand how many they are, you know, to make mm. a plan like a, a decent plan. But right now I saw that a lot of Venezuelans are living with Colombian people so that Colombian people took them in their houses. Wow. Yeah, and uh, there are like ref proper refugees, refugee camps where there are like hairdresser, you know, like very basic thing, like yeah. you can do like a manicure, but let's see like a humanizing thing, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, in yeah. a refugee camp. So that's very sweet. And I definitely think there's a plan in place for like massive job, uh, maybe job, as, how do you say, like job hiring people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe for some public uh, building, like building infrastructure, know, infrastructure or, yeah. exactly. Or maybe the plan is to hopefully you know, keep them safe and healthy for long enough for political stability to return exactly. to Venezuela. Yeah, I think that's when Venezuela comes back to norm normalcy, then they will go back. Yeah. Oh, well, that's another, that's a big if, really, yeah, isn't it? Right? Rather than a it's, when, I uh, mean. It's crazy because now it's so complicated. Like, you see these two precedents and nobody of them, none of them is legitimate. It's a super complicated situation, you yeah. know, Guaido and Banduro. Yeah. How how long has Maduro been in power now? Not long, actually. Uh, I think I think since 2014. Since is that it? Yeah, I think so. When did Hugo Chavez die? He left in 2014. Oh, yeah. he left in 2014. Wow. I can't believe it was only that long ago. Yeah. He just arrived before the oil prices dropped. Right. Okay. Yeah, so that's uh, that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, it's been a turbulent. Well, I mean, <laughs> only six, seven years. That's crazy. Yeah, but you know, he is also like not uh, wasn't really voted in the end uh, in the past election, which I don't remember when it was, but it was a uh, quite uh, recent. Not long yeah, ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the political turmoil there is deeply entrenched. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Uh, it's pretty sad, but I hope it gets better. And I have trust in Venezuelan people. They. It's a really, really warm story, Michaela. Yeah, it's like you I don't, love it. You know, yeah. if you look at the way that we in Europe have handled right. our own yeah. refugee crisis recently, the contrast is so stark. Yeah, if you think that right now in Bosnia there are like thousands of right. migrants right. freezing, freezing, right. waiting for us to open right. for 2,000 people, like 10,000 people, and Colombia is just taking millions, you yeah. know. And you know, Colombia, you could say, well, Europe it's hard for us to do as much as we would like to do because of Corona. But Colombia, they must have coronavirus too. Of, of and course, they're still yeah. managing this, you know, exactly. it's, it's about will really yeah, is what yeah, it comes yeah. down to. Absolutely. But, uh, yes. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the last story for today. Um, this one takes us to Lapland in Northern wow. Sweden. Um, what I want to talk about today is it's the, this, this, Insta, um, this incident itself isn't necessarily that big, but what it, why it's interesting and newsworthy is what it says about where the whole climate change debate is going. Okay. So what's going on is that a group of Harvard scientists want to launch a high altitude balloon, basically to see if it works, if this balloon works and if physically this balloon can carry some equipment up until uh, the upper stratosphere. Um, okay, so where there is like no oxygen. Right, there, and yeah. they just basically want to go high, high up into the atmosphere so that they know whether in the future they'll be able to begin uh, experimenting with something called solar geoengineering. And so the point of solar geoengineering is essentially you release radiation reflecting particles into the atmosphere. Okay. And what happens is they reflect the sun, some sunlight away from the Earth, which should, in theory, help the Earth to cool down. So it's a very it's a very um, direct way of combating global warming. If, yeah. If the problem is that greenhouse gases are making the Earth too insulated, so that all of the sun's rays are kept here and and it heats up, well, what if we were able to reflect some of those rays away? Yeah. It's got a very simple premise, and you know, on the surface of it, it, it sounds quite smart. And this is, uh, you know really the very beginning the exploration of this it's an idea that's been around for a while but this is one of the first times that a group of scientists are like okay let's see if we can actually do this now some people are are concerned but first let's talk about why it this, sounds very cool it sounds very yeah. cool and i'm going to talk about the arguments first i'm going to talk about the arguments yeah. for this so the idea and the scientists are very clear about this they're like this is this isn't the only solution we should be looking at this would be part of a package. And there are three things ultimately that you can do to combat climate change. You have um, reducing emissions, that's mitigation. And then you have adaptation. So that's, you know, preparing our cities and our coastal areas for rising sea levels and stuff like that. Yeah. How can we make sure that we are planting specially um, developed seeds so that our crops can survive in hotter climates? Adaptation, yeah. making sure that we're ready because... Heating has happened and there are co going to be consequences. And then this is the last thing is geoengineering. And there are two types of geoengineering, one of which I'm sure you've heard about. That's decarbonisation. Decarbonisation, yeah. yes. Can I we suck? Yeah, can we, you know, if carbon dioxide is the issue here and there's too much of it in the atmosphere. Yeah. Can we suck it out of the atmosphere mm -hmm. and essentially put it back in the ground? Can we? In theory, Yes, but there are people who will argue that it's insane to think that that's actually a solution. And I, I happen to agree with them. Because yeah. if you think about how that carbon dioxide got into the, the air yeah. in the first place, right? We spent trillions, billions, millions, however much, a lot. 
And God knows how much infrastructure in terms of oil rigs, drilling, fracking, all of this stuff to get gas, oil and coal out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. Imagine all of the money and the energy yeah, that required. Yeah, yeah. And then imagine all of the energy that was needed to burn it. Or sorry, not needed, but all of the energy that was released when we burnt the gas, the coal yeah. and the oil and expended all of that energy and sent carbon dioxide into the air. To reverse that, what you're asking for is at least as much energy. The True, energy absolutely. that we are trying to produce less of, because yeah. at the moment, the only way to produce this energy is burning coal. <laughs> yeah, burning that's oil. crazy. Yeah, you'd have to use that to try and suck all of this out of the air. Uh, concentrate it, because, I mean, carbon dioxide is one of you know many particles in the air. Yeah. and You have to try and concentrate the carbon dioxide, then turn it into a liquid, then build infrastructure that would allow you to pump it back into the ground, which means you need to know where to pump it back into the ground. Like, where are all the empty spaces deep under the earth? That, that you can gonna... fucking fill up with... <laughs> it's an idea, but it's like, it's a hell of a long shot, and yeah. it's definitely not... A big solution. So another type of geoengineering then is this solar angle. Is can we essentially manipulate the composition of the Earth's atmosphere so that it's more reflective and it sends yeah. some of the sun's rays straight back out again? And now this isn't something that we've thought up out of nowhere. This has actually happened so many times over the the Earth's history and even human history, mainly through volcanic eruptions. Okay. So we will have seen a very similar thing. When a big volcano goes off, the Earth's, the it can essentially block out the sun and the Earth cools down. Um, the biggest one, the largest at least in human history, was in 1815 uh, when Mount Tambora in Indonesia erupted. Um, that led to a global cooling. It was called the year without a summer. You had frost in August. You had, wow, yeah, you know, like the whole earth just kind of cooled down. And in fact, we had one in, I can't remember the volcano. We had another one. And Iceland, right? Well, Iceland, no, no, that didn't lead to this effect. But there was a volcanic eruption in 1991. Was it Krakatoa? Mm, don't quote me. Maybe. Anyway, yeah. so these things happen. Um, Interesting. So we've kind of seen that this can work and the idea is to replicate that effect, but in a really controlled way. Yeah. So that's kind of the arguments for. Oh, and the argue, the other argument for this is that it's cheap. You it's could, cheap. You okay. could do this and have the effect that you want to see for about $2 billion a year worldwide. That's pretty cheap. It's yeah. pretty cheap. I mean, I think the amount of money we currently invest in green energy is about 500 billion a year. Oh, that's, yeah. Really cheap. Okay, so then there's the arguments against. So the reason that this is controversial is that even though the scientists from Harvard aren't putting anything in the atmosphere just yet, organisations like Greenpeace, Friends of the Earth, have said that this is, quote, dangerous, unpredictable and unmanageable. They believe that this technology is, again, quote, too dangerous to ever be used. Because the thing is, you go back again to 1815 and this volcanic eruption, fine, the earth cooled, but you also saw storms, you saw flooding, you saw widespread uh, widespread hunger because the cold and the flooding meant that True. crops failed and all of this. And it's kind of like, have you ever seen the Will Smith film, I Am Legend? Um, yeah, I have seen pieces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the premise is like a scientist is like, I've got this this amazing cure for cancer. And then everyone gets this cancer injection, but then they turn into zombies. Yeah. It's about these grand ideas that can have completely unforeseen and unintended consequences. Oh, you know? I liked it though. I know, and so do I. And the scientists are kind of like, you know, well, fine, but 
we know that this is also a plan, a plan B. This is when we really have no other choice. This is something we could do. And perhaps it's better to try and figure out the science now, figure out how to do yes, it. Yes, true. So that if we get to a point of desperation... You can just do it. We can do it. Because what they worry about is that if we don't fully understand how it works, some governments will try to do it anyway, whilst only half understanding how it yeah, works. That's and good, that's when you could get point. this horrible butterfly effect where it gets completely out of your control. Yeah. So these are the arguments for and against. And where do I, I mean, well, where do you stand on it? What do you think? I don't know. That's so hard. I think we we could try if it works and release like a very little of them to see how it impacts you know yeah. maybe just yeah. like a thousand or something I don't yeah know. yeah yeah i i agree i agree like it's always good to have yeah. more knowledge but i have no no knowledge of like uh well, science no nor do what i mean you know you have to do a, a probably a couple of phds to even get close to understanding right. exactly how this yeah. works but i do understand from a from a kind of just a logical perspective the way, well, I, I like to think that I, I kind of understand how humans work. Mm-hmm. And if we have this thing where the Harvard scientists are able to demonstrate that it kind of works yeah. and that this is something, I just see this being something that fossil fuel companies, governments like China, India, where they don't want to stop burning coal because they are trying to develop their True. countries. They say, well, you know, let's just keep burning coal because we can actually just Turn reflect the, the sun's sun, yeah. rays. And so there's not really any need to invest too yeah. hard in green technology or nuclear power or the viable yeah. alternatives that we need if we're going to we wean us. We do need us. an alternative. We yeah. do need an alternative. So it's kind of like it's all fine having a plan B. But when people know there's a plan B, there's a risk that the human thing to do is just to kind of stop really trying True. with plan A. I absolutely agree. Um, so that's why people are, and I get it. I get why why um, these environmental groups are resistant. Oh yeah, yeah, and a bit freaked out by yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah. am too. It's an incredibly complex world out there yeah, in absolutely. terms of the way that natural, you know, the natural environment, the the biomes, um, the atmosphere, the weather patterns, all of these things interact in ways yeah. that we haven't fully grasped. So why the hell would you want to start yeah, yeah. trying to just, you know, sending up a bunch of sulfates <laughs> yeah. into the atmosphere and changing that? I'm not sure we, it's again, it's it's one of those things where it feels like giving people who are not clever enough too much power. I agree. I agree. Well, on this doubt, we should uh, end the podcast. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> Start with a really depressing yeah. song. <laughs> end with a really depressing story. Yes, exactly. So uh, I hope I'll uh, see you next week. Yeah, I, I look and, forward to um, it. Have a good weekend, guys. And yeah. Thanks, Michaela. Bye bye. Bye bye.